you have to have a definition of success. If I could go back, there's, there's not many things that I would go back for, but. What do you do when you lose your purpose? It's okay to struggle. It's okay that you're not okay. I am your host, Greg Favaza. Together, we will go on a journey. This show is all about surpassing our internal dialogue, rediscovering your true identity, honing new foresight. We have a chance to make the world a better place for our children. Start living in the example today and become your future self tomorrow. If you can leave our viewers with some good advice to follow, what would you let them know? These things that you're afraid to do, go do them. So you need a bankroll of $1,000. Well, I I don't have $1,000 to throw at you know, gambling. So I've kind of looked at different strategies, different concepts, money management, and put them together into some ideas that I have of my own. And it's something that I'm obviously working on trying to make it so that, you know, the average Joe can can go to the casino or get online and throw a couple bucks at it and give it a shot. That was David Merritt. Welcome back to your transformation podcast. And I am your host, Greg Favaza. And that is our guest today. We have David Merritt. He looks into the probability of roulette and making it a fair game against the house. This is a really good episode. If you have not subscribed to the show, hit that subscribe button. David, welcome. Welcome to your transformation podcast. David, let's jump right into this. How did this all start? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate that. It's kind of a combination as of everything that I've studied from everyone else's attempts to beat the casino if you will you know and develop that strategy that uh will take down the house and fill your pockets full of money and so i've kind of looked at different strategies different concepts money management things like that and put them together into some ideas that i have of my own um and of course studying the game of roulette itself not just the strategies but the payouts the layout uh, how the game works and how it operates, the inconsistencies in it, but the actual consistencies that you can still find. And I just, I've always loved numbers. Um, and of course, studying the game of roulette itself, not just the strategies, but the payouts, the layout, uh, how the game works and how it operates, the inconsistencies in it, but the actual consistencies that you can still find. I don't know. I came across roulette a little while back. I attended an old Robert Kiyosaki event. I was We, we looked into it. A little bit is understanding the the roulette a 50 50 between the two but which makes it the house a slight game of 47 percent to 53 what was that 40 what was that number 47 okay you got it that's that's the key right there i'm not sure those numbers are really relatable with the stock market i'm 100 percent on those numbers you were spot on what they were saying is exactly right and then i think what they were trying to do was equate that to how the stock market works and and there's a lot of people out there including myself that at one time when i was playing around with the stock market i actually invested based on like what i saw in the graph it was kind of 
uh, it's kind of the track record of the company, or not necessarily the company per se, but but how the company was doing on the stock market at least, right? How the investors viewed that stock, mm-hmm. and so you could see trends in the rise and fall of the line graph or the candlestick graph as they sometimes use. And so, like if you were to see a spike with a certain number on a roulette table, you would then realize, hey, at some point this area of the table or this number is going to come back down to you know, the regression to the mean, if you will. So David, tell me this. How do you think people see the difference in investing and gambling? The difference that people look at with stock market versus gambling, sports investing, or betting is what they call it, um, is that, you know, they frown upon the gambling and sports betting because it doesn't seem to have that same aura of a business suit. Give your money to someone that they can manage and invest into companies because they can look at the companies, do research, data collection, financials, and all this, and say, hey, this is this looks like a solid company. Let's go with it. Okay, but you and I can both agree that that's still a risk. I mean, you look at a company or business, and you can do some research on it, right? And say, my example is Chipotle Mexican Grill, because I actually did do some investing in that company, and it's a great restaurant. I loved it. I think it came to the East Coast where I was in college at the time, mm-hmm. around 2001 or two, And so I was like, it just fascinated me this place you can come in get great food quick sit down and eat and it was delicious cost effective and it was great and that for sure was a business i thought hey let me tell my grandfather about this one so we got talking about it invested in it made some money on it which was great but it still is a risk to put money down on a business and hope that it succeeds right no no so i get what you're saying as far as it's there's no guarantee with putting your money in the stock market. And that's my point. And so when people come to me and say, oh, well, gambling, you got to be careful with that. And I was like, sure, but you don't feel the same way about giving money to someone you don't know to manage it for you. That's going to you know, put it down on a business and take a risk that it succeeds. So that's kind of where all this started for me. And, and then, of course, I just as a curious person, <laughs> I'm always trying to make everything better. Right. How can I make it faster? How can I make it better? And so it, it led me to this gentleman that I came across his uh, YouTube channel. Y'all can check it out. Great guy. Um, he's uh, the goal 60 and that's his um, YouTube handle there. And he's a great guy. He's very open. Um, he's kind of has a similar heart that I have, which is if, and when I do come across this Holy grail of betting strategy or sports investing uh, strategy, I want to share it with people and uh, give them the chance to be able to also hopefully become successfully uh, successful financially. <clears throat> so I came across his page and I'm just watching his videos. I'm kind of like, I'm really intrigued. He's got something going on here that seems good. And basically what he had was a, a chase betting system on baseball games. And in the baseball season, you've got every team plays pretty much, anytime they play another team, they play them for two or three, maybe even four games straight. So okay. it, it provides an opportunity for you to take a look at both teams, study them, look at all their data, the batting averages, the pitching, everything, and say, hey, I think that this is a good value on this team. I'm going to invest my money on this team to beat this one. The good thing about this system is if you lose that first initial game, they play again the next day, right? So you can jump back in and with a good money management strategy, you put more on the next bet and then it wins back any losses and you have a profit as well. So you just keep chasing it. Yeah, it's called a chase betting system. And and it's something it's something that I really uh it was kind of my first 
overall strategy that I looked into and thought, man, this is brilliant. I wonder if I can use this elsewhere. If you know anything about gambling, you've probably heard of the Martingale strategy. No, I haven't. Okay. So the Martingale betting strategy is where if you put down a $5 bet on, let's talk about roulette real quick. You have red or black, right? So you put a $5 bet down on red, but black comes up. So you lose your $5, right? Well, the Martingale strategy tells you to double up. So you go from five to 10. So now you put $10 down on the red. And if it wins, you win your money back that you lost and a $5 profit. And you just continue to double up on every single loss that you have until you finally get a win. The problem with that is the Martingale strategy can be quickly like it's nobody has a, an infinite amount of money, right? So at some point, you, exactly. You're going to have a last bet and run out. You know, you go from five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 40, so on and so forth until it's like tens of thousands of dollars and only 13 or 14 bets in, I think it is. So it doubles and accumulates very quickly. Me being an inexperienced better, that would make me nervous. What about your intuition? Is that going to be beneficial when you're applying this system? The thing with that is sometimes, honestly, intuition can help. Um, but what I'm trying to do is create a system that takes intuition and all of that out of the, the equation literally is like, as you and I know, two plus two equals four, right? Well, if you were to take out that one of those twos and it's like two plus X equals four, you can do the mathematical equation to find out what X equals plug in two. Well, we, I, I kind of want to create, and that's what I'm working on. And I think I'm very close to creating Exactly that, where when you see a certain scenario, you can do a quick little, hey, 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 this is coming up, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better term there. Hey, 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 I, my indicator just happened. And you know where to place your bet and how to. What should I do first prior to implementing this system? So you go about it in a smart way. Okay, so you do your research, you collect the data, you study it, and then you place your investment, right? So I was really... uh uh, intrigued by what uh, the goal 60 had on his page there. I was watching each video or going through it. And uh, it, it kind of led me to think about, hey, there's X amount of sporting events. For him, it was baseball that we were working with together. And uh, it was baseball. And they played only, I think it was like 13. There's a lot of opportunities to make money and invest your money on each game each day. But I wanted more because each game took, you know, three hours to play and if you lose, you have to wait till the next day, 24 hours later, to invest with your money management strategy to win it back and get a profit. It just, it took too long, which that is what led me to the casino. And I saw a documentary on um, what's known as a bias wheel. This okay. gentleman in Monte Carlo, he discovered, he's like, hey, there's got to be a way. And I think we all have this. There, there's a fixation on how can we take down the house? How can we be famous, right? Well, this guy did it. I, I don't remember his name, forgive me, but he was from Monte Carlo and he went to the casinos there and studied the wheels and he started collecting massive amounts of data. He would sit there for hours upon hours and actually it got so much, it got to the point where he was spending so many hours in the casino, he needed help. So he, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was kidding, man. I'm not. Wow. He, he, on cousins, brothers, uncles, he called family in and said, hey, I have an idea. I, I think I have come across something, but I need your help. And they bought in and they decided to help him. So they all individually went into the casinos, placed very 
nominal, nothing, like no bets, very little or no bets. It was mainly about collecting data. So they wrote down, hey, number seven came in, number 31 came in, and wrote it down and collected all this. They got together, put it all into a computer spreadsheet, and then the computer analyzed all the data and told them the number that came up on each wheel the most and how often pretty much on an average that that number would come up. So they realized that there is something called a bias, which just means that the wheel might have, uh, I don't know, a dent in it while the ball's going around, it hits that dent. And for some reason, when it hits that dent and it's not on any other wheel, right? It was created by maybe a dealer bumping it or something, who knows, but now the ball and the wheel spin together and land in a pocket more often than any other. Well, so let's, let's pause for a second. Sure. When you said a, a dent in that, like 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 chipped on the on the on the wheel, like can you go into yeah. that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. What they were noticing is that when a wheel gets used in a casino, over time you have wear and tear. Like any machine, it wears and tears. You have to get an oil change in the car and all that. Well, okay. the roulette wheel is no different. So the ball will spin and spin and spin, and then there's these little um, they're like little speed bumps almost, if you will, right? And the ball hits them and starts to like rattle around and then land in a pocket with a number associated with it. And it's those little uh, bumpers or speed bumps on the wheel there that can wear down over time with the ball hitting it X amount of times more than maybe the other side of the wheel. And so it's hitting it. Yeah, so if it hits it enough, it's kind of like that persistence. Uh, it's what's that say? Like persistence will get you through, right? I don't know what the <laughs> saying is. Come on, bear with me here. But, but basically, like even water can cut through a rock with a constant drip, right? We've all known yes. that. You know, just yes. drip, 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 and over time, it wears away at the rock. Well, same thing with that that ball spinning around on the wheel. It'll hit those bumpers and create little indentations or dents on them over time. And so, depending on where, how many, how often, and you know, whatever with the ball hitting that bumper, it can cause the ball to react in such a way that for some reason or other, don't, don't ask me, but the ball <laughs> lands in one pocket more often than another. And and for them, they noticed that I believe it was the number six, if I'm not mistaken, the number six kept popping up over and over and over again, like quite often. And so with all their data collection, they decided to, to pull their money together and they said, we're going to, we're going to keep an eye on this wheel. Uh, and they knew where any little mark was on it or whatever, so that the casino, whenever they moved that wheel to a different table, they still knew which wheel it was. Sounds like it's a bank robbery, just taking it down for millions. That's correct. They took it down for millions, uh, so much so that they were banned forever coming back in. And they ended up having to like try their luck overseas here in Vegas and Atlantic City and whatnot. So it's, it's quite a story. Um, but I kind of believe that it can't be the only way that roulette can be beaten. That is what kind of has encouraged me to take all the little bits and pieces of everything I've ever looked at, studied, read about, watched on YouTube or on documentaries. For the roulette's bets, payout, and probability, would this work for American or European? Like, and, and what's the difference? Well, the probabilities are slightly different because you have uh, American Roulette is, in case for those that don't know, has the zero and double zero, so two green numbers. Uh, European Roulette has just a single zero, so one green number. And it's those green numbers that give the casino the house edge. So I would only recommend playing the European 
roulette game, not the American roulette. The double zero and zero give the house another, well, it's not another. I think the total is like 5.26% edge over you. And the European roulette is only 2.6 something, I believe. So it's better to play the roulette game uh, than American, for sure. Interesting. So if we were to go into the numbers a little bit. Yeah, they gave you... American roulette. So that that's I can give you the difference in numbers there. So can roulette it'll be 47.4% winning. And for European, extra 1.2% house edge for <clears throat> American roulette. Let's do the easiest example which is probably your outside bets. Okay, those are your 50/50 or what most people would consider your 50/50 bet. So, uh before we talk about roulette, let's do a very small, simple example. Again, trying to break down, you know, something complicated to something easy to understand. A coin has two sides, right? You have heads and you have tails. You have exactly a 50, 50% chance that it would land on either side, right? Okay. There is no, I mean, unless for some crazy reason it lands in a crack and it's like standing on its side. <laughs> that's the only way that could happen. So we yes. all understand that's a, that's a, that's an exact 50, 50 chance of winning. There's no other option with European and American roulette. They have that little green number uh, for European. It's a single zero for American. It's zero and double zero. So two numbers that actually, that's what gives the uh, casino a house edge. So if you are going to bet on red or black, most people would think 50-50 chance. Okay, they're close, but they're not accurate. The casino pays out 50 to 50, but you don't you don't have an actual 50-50% chance. For American Roulette, it's 47.4% chance of winning on red or black. And then for European Roulette, it's 48.6, which is a difference of 1.2% more in the house edge uh, more in favor of the casino for their house edge. So that's why I would say only stick with European roulette. It, that little 1.2% <laughs> over time will eat away at your bankroll and the casino will just take all your money. One other way that the casino actually um, has a house edge over you is that the payouts are not what they should be. So, uh, for example, if you were to take a bet and put it on Let's stick with the number six from my example before. If you took one chip, one dollar chip, and put it on the number six, and you win, the ball actually lands on number six, you only get paid out 35 to one. But we already discussed earlier that there's 37 numbers on the table. Another way that the casino kind of takes money from you slowly but surely and gives them that house edge. They should pay you out 37 to one, but they don't. They only pay out 35 to one. Extra numbers are the zero and then the double zero. So that makes, Amer that's what American is 38 numbers total that, you know, the ball could land in 38 different pockets. And European roulette is 37 different pockets. It's just that green single zero. The roulette's bets pay out and probability. And you implemented your own little twist, which end up being a huge positive for you can we go into this yeah yeah it's uh, something that i came across in my research um and i didn't mention this earlier but during all the time that i'm trying to collect data and study this and everything there i came across you know like anything you have people that are trying to uh, monetize systems and whatnot right and so i came across a software 
that you had a monthly subscription you had to pay to use it and it claims you could make all this money and you know hundreds of dollars an hour and man it sounds too good to be true guess what it probably is too good to be true. <laughs> Plus, the other reason that I, I just don't I don't have the money to spend $150 every month to give them on something that you don't know if it really works or not, right? They're telling you it is, but that's the salesmanship. Exactly. I, I get those in my email every day coming through. That's right. Actually, uh, coming across that software, I was interested as to, like, are they going to explain anything to me, like, uh, to hook me in and, and believe them that it works? What is it? that that is going to make me click and buy in right and and so give me something so i look it up and they talk about this law of thirds which makes perfect sense when i continue to read about it study it and then test it and the law of thirds basically states that it's basically impossible for the roulette wheel as roulette it could be pertain to anything but on the roulette wheel we'll stick with that there are 37 possible pockets for the ball to land in if you were to spin the ball 37 times exactly one for every pocket would the ball land in every single pocket once before we start getting into a second round of 37 more spins the answer is no it's just it just has probably never happened by that what i mean is okay so with craps let's do that real quick you can roll uh what people call snake eyes you have the one and the one so two you can roll then then it would be uh three from there and there's two combinations of and ways to roll the number three and then you have the number four and there's uh three ways to roll the number four and so on and so forth but if you took the dice and rolled them, you're not going to get snake eyes first. Okay. And if you do, I guarantee you, you don't roll a three next. And then if you try it, I guarantee you don't roll a four next. Like you're not going to get it in sequential order like that. Right. What you'll find are repeats before every slot or dice are rolled. Uh, again, I'll try to bring it down to uh, simple terms here. If you put 37 marbles, you have a bag of marbles and they're all labeled one through 37. You have a uh, marble, number one, number two, so on and so forth. If you were to reach your hand in the bag and pull out one marble at a time, the first time you reach in, you pull out marble number seven. Second time you reach in, you put that marble back in, right? Number seven goes back in the bag. You mix it up and you reach in again. The uh, The next number, let's say, is 13. All right, so you had seven. Now you have 13. If you were to reach in and pull out a marble 37 times, do you think that you would pull out one through 37 individually, at least once every single time. In other words, you're not going to reach in the bag 37 times and pull out all 37 numbers. You're going to have some repeats. What the law of thirds basically says is that you will get about two thirds of those marbles pulled out, right? And they'll be put back in, but I mean, they'll be marked. Like you pull out seven and you write down seven. Okay. You keep that for data. You put the number seven back in and, um, Sorry, I did that. Apologize. Um, but you put the number seven marble back in and you mix it up and you reach in again. By the fifth, sixth, or seventh time, you'll probably get a repeat. You might pull out that number seven marble again, right? And so with those repeat numbers, it means that basically you're going to have about a third of the marbles, the numbers on the marbles, not picked out. After you've pulled your 37th marble, you reach in 37 times. After you've done that, you're going to have some marbles that never got pulled out. And the law of thirds basically states that you are right around a third of those numbers that didn't get pulled out that are still left in the bag that were never seen. Okay. So 
the, what we do is we take that philosophy or that law um, and we apply it to to a game or a strategy to give us an edge of some sort. Because unlike blackjack, for example, if you're a card counter, you're sitting at the table and you count each card has a value and you count it in your head, you, you know, keep tally on that. And it, you're halfway through the deck. And if you're a good card counter, you can probably tell me, tell me how many face cards are still left in the deck versus, you know, how many are, have been used, right? So you have an idea of what is still to come. But that's because each event is connected to the previous event. So the cards get dealt and they get pushed to the side. They don't get shuffled back in the deck, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Now with roulette, though, the ball goes into one pocket and picks one number, and that's the result. But that number doesn't come out. It stays there. So the ball goes around again and could still land in that pocket again, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is what's known as an independent event. They have no connection from the previous past. So roulette loves to show you a usually 10 to 12 number history of what's coming up because the casino knows that we're going to look at that and say, oh, a lot of reds are coming up. It's going to be black next. Well, that's not a guarantee, right? I mean, you have about 50, 50, 50, uh, excuse me, about 50, 50 chance of that happening one way or another. Each time you go, there's always a 50, 50. And a lot of people like to forecast their next odds based off their past behavior. Is that correct? That is correct. And though that seems silly in a lot of people's eyes, it actually can, it is proven to be true where depending on how you apply that data, it can give you some sort of forecast of the future, even from independent events. So we look at the last, let's say, nine numbers, right? And if those nine numbers, if there isn't a single repeat in those nine numbers, then you know at some point soon a repeat will come up. It's just a law of physics. It's called the law of thirds. So what we do is then apply the strategy that I'm, I'm creating and, and studying right now and testing, shall I say, it's created, but testing. Um, we, we would apply that system and the law of thirds with your money management to have the whole system work for you and in your favor. It kind of allows you to predict to some extent, use the word predict on the house. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it gives, it gives you, it gives you some foresight to what's coming, which is exactly what the casino does not want you to have. They have, they don't want you to have an idea of what's coming, right? That's why when you card count and you know, that there are more face cards in the deck uh, that are still to come, a good blackjack player that can count the cards will be able to go, hey, okay, I'm going to increase my bets now because I am about to get more blackjacks with all my face cards, right? Or get 20s and beat the dealer. So if you are able to forecast that, the casino frowns upon it. And they actually would say, hey, listen, you're going to have to take your game somewhere else. We appreciate (laughs) you coming in and all that, but we're giving you too much money because you're counting the cards. You know it's time to go now. It's time to go. (laughs) You know, here's a free drink. Get out of here. So um, don't let the door hit you on the the way out. But so in roulette, though, nobody really believes that you can truly forecast what is to come. And that is true. However, based on this law of thirds, it gives you some sort of upper hand on the casino. The casino might laugh and you say like, yeah, yeah, they're all independent events. You can't forecast it, but you can. 
could you tell me exactly or could I tell you exactly what number is going to come up? No, I couldn't do that. But if you have no repeaters for quite a while, you know that one is going to be coming. So you start betting on those numbers uh, for X amount of bets with your money management strategy to create the success. That- yeah, I, well, certainly it's it's still a work in progress. But um, And I want to obviously start off by saying, like, you know, with gambling, you want to be careful with that. Be smart with your money. And I don't uh, don't take exactly what I say. Go out and do it without proper supervision, studying the game, all this sort of stuff, you know, right? <laughs> That's my disclaimer, okay? So, um, <clears throat> you know, something that people get addicted to and do the wrong things with it, right? I mean, you and I were talking about this before, that a gun or a brick or whatever is just an inanimate object, right? So yes. it's only good or bad for for how the person that holds that tool, it's what they do with it that makes it a good or bad object. So gambling's the yes. same thing. If you take the time to study the games like I've been trying to do uh, and learn the systems, money management, things like that, it will be uh, you'll be much better off in the end. If you take your time instead of just jumping right in and going crazy and get going through the highs and lows that (laughs) definitely easily come with gambling. So, but yeah, yeah, um, Jack and Coke. I know that (laughs) one of the best things you need to remember. Biggest things to remember is do not drink and gamble. (laughs) that's rule number well i guess one or two or something it's very high um but for sure yeah it's something that i've really dove into and and it didn't start with casino games which is eventually what we'll get to it started for me as uh i was interested in the stock market and it's it's i would suggest if anyone's interested in this sort of thing to download a roulette simulator and you know, try it for yourselves. Like just kind of, you know, try this bed, learn how, how the payouts are and the lay of the land of the table, if you will. Right. And, and get used to it. And then like, as you watch other people show you their strategies, it'll all start to make sense. Like it'll kind of start coming together, but download the simulator first. It's of course it's fake. Don't trust it as being real. Right. Type in YouTube roulette strategies and watch a few and kind of get the lay of the land. You'll, you'll start to feel more confident the more you practice and the more you test Okay. By t- by testing, I want to be clear that is only on the simulator, not with real money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Damn. Okay. So I I literally keep saying okay. I just I'm tr- I'm trying to agree and stay with you on this conversation. Right. I need to like fix my terminology just so I don't sound like a dick. <laughs> no. It's like okay, dude, get to the point. Okay, David. Since you're such an expert in the law of thirds, can you tell me what I'm going to ask you next? <laughs> well played, well played. Um, I'm gonna go with no. I have no idea where you want to take this, so it's on your, it's on you. Go for it. <laughs> What's one piece of information or action item for our audience to start implementing today over the core thing that we've talked about today? Oh man, I think it is so important to uh, take your time. Don't rush. Um, if you get passionate about something, study it. Uh, for me, this was roulette. So I downloaded a, a simulator on my phone and I could play the game, learn about the game, uh, learn the payouts and the lay of the land and whatnot, money management, everything. So I would say download a simulator of a game that you like, study it, practice, uh, not real money, of course. We're talking like Monopoly money, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, that way that way, it's not too, too expensive of a habit. Yeah. Uh, that definitely can happen. 
<laughs> so yeah, I would do that and then just practice and, and see what you come up with. You know, uh, the more you practice and then you study, I, I used YouTube as a source for me. I just typed in roulette strategies, right? And a ton of them came up. So, uh, once you have your roulette simulator, you can play that while you test their systems. Um, and of course at some point, once mine is gold plated, ready to go, you can also test that. So <laughs> how can our viewers get in touch with you? Um, I, I, you can reach out to me on Twitter or email. My Twitter handle is uh, DSMJR9. And it's the same for my email, DSMJR9 at yahoo.com. And just reach out to me and, and we can strike up a conversation and I'll share everything I know. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. David, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the show. You take care. You too.